comes from Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 10. I think you follow along on the screen. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you, you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out for Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that better, that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and the sisters who are with me send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ be with you, with your spirit. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Great. Thank you. That's working, and this is working as well. Wonderful. So, yeah, if you're a visitor, my name is Niels. I'm part of the staff team, and uh, it's great to see you here. And, uh, well, yeah, uh, Happy New Year, isn't it? Happy New Year. It's my first Chinese New Year in Hong Kong. Last year, I was somewhere else. It's a great time to spend time with people, eating. Although what I've noticed, what's very different from the New Year's I'm used to, is this focus on money. All right? Giving lies to everyone. And then, uh, what's this expression? Gong hei fat soi. So, the security guard that I chat to, he said, well, it basically means, may you become very rich. All right? That's what it means. And uh, I just spoke to someone, a helper, and she can't clean the house for three days because all the dust that comes in, that means more money. I don't know. That's superstition. But, uh, yeah, focus on money. All right? Uh, I guess... That fits with Hong Kong. It's an expensive place. It's a competitive place. Many people, yeah, they're after money. Uh, it's a trading post where people came to become rich. Uh, even maybe, doesn't mean you're well off now. Uh, some of you maybe are helpers, but the reason you're here, I guess, is because you want more money from your family and you get more money here than in the Philippines or in Indonesia. Yeah? And that's not wrong. We, for happiness and security in the world, we often need money. But it's a great Sunday then to talk about contentment, right? That is the, what Paul says in verse 11. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content. Whatever the circumstances, I'm content. And verse 12 again, 
contentment. It's a famous Christian virtue, whereas the opposite of contentment is greed, right? That you want more and more money. Uh, that's wrong. And so actually to say, okay, it's okay if I don't have much. It's okay, I don't need much. Uh, that's good. But uh, what is the secret? Uh, what, uh, what does Paul get at when he talks about contentment? And it's a bit of an odd place, of course, to, to look at that. He's not directly teaching. As you've probably heard, this is a, a thank you letter. Uh, we've been going through this letter to the Philippians bit by bit. And now we have this, uh, this thank you letter. Paul was in prison and he got a visit from Epaphroditus. Um, he was, had quite a journey. He got sick on the way. He nearly died. Thankfully, he got better. He made it to Paul and he gave uh, a gift. Uh, verse 18, I have received full payment and have more than enough. I'm amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. Uh, yeah, financial gifts. Maybe Epaphroditus was the, the church treasurer or something like that. I don't know. But uh, yeah, he got his gift. And uh, now normally you'd say thank you. Eh? Thank you so much. Dodge aside. That kind of what you, when, people, when you give the lysi. <laughs> but actually, if you what, don't know what you found of the reading, Paul doesn't say thank you in the same way, right? Because he says, well, actually, I don't need it. Uh, verse 11, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. Uh, verse 17, not that I desire your gifts. I'm quite happy to be poor. Uh, it feels a bit ungrateful, a bit insensitive. And this is not a faultless gift. This is not something, uh, you know, they've really saved up for this. The churches in Macedonia, they weren't necessarily well off. Uh, Epaphroditus nearly died on the way. And Paul says, actually, you know, I didn't need this. Now, Paul isn't insensitive. He knows very well what he says. But he wants this to fit with what's everything else that he's been saying in Philippians. So, yeah, let's look at what Paul has to teach us. And the first thing, yeah, gospel contentment. Gospel contentment. But it's an unusual kind of contentment. I don't know. What do you think is contentment. Usually we think, okay, I don't have much, but it's okay. Yeah? Um, I, didn't, I didn't win. I lost that money. I didn't get the job. But, you know, it's okay. I have Jesus. I have eternal life. But basically, contentment is for bad situations, right? It's for when things have gone wrong. But Paul means something slightly different. Because if you look at verse 12, yeah, he talks about, well, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. So it's not just when I'm poor and when I'm hungry and when I'm sick that I'm content. Actually, I'm content when I'm well-fed, and when I'm rich, when I have plenty. Would you say that? I, I can be very content when I'm rich. Uh, it's not, you know, when I'm, when I'm poor, then I'm content. And when I'm, I have a lot, then I, I thank God for his goodness and I enjoy his gifts. That's what we usually think. But no, Paul says, I'm always content. Whether I'm rich or poor. My circumstances don't matter to me. 
My joy doesn't come from that. And so poor or rich, it doesn't matter. That kind of contentment. I guess you then wonder, where does this joy come from? How can you say, well, actually, it doesn't matter. I mean, great financial gifts, it doesn't matter. Well, his joy, of course, comes from the gospel. Uh, he's been saying this all along. All these famous verses that we know from Philippians, right? To live is Christ. To die is gain. Uh, rejoice in the Lord always. Always. And not just when it's, things are bad. No, when things are good. You still rejoice in the Lord. That is the thing that matters. Uh, whatever gains I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Uh, Paul, he knows... Christ, He knows his mercy, of course, for himself, how he was such a rebel, uh, such a sinner, and, and yet Jesus loved him and chose him and, and, and died for him and, and made him his own. But, but the bigger thing, how God is saving the world, and making everything right, you know, that's, that is the thing that motivates him. And so it's not his circumstances. And so he wants to be a good example. He just told the Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. So he, he shouldn't now say, okay, you know, but I rejoice in your gifts. No, no, thanks for these gifts. They're great. But remember, rejoice in the Lord. That is the thing that, is, that really matters. So I'm, I'm really thankful for your gift, but I don't need it, right? My joy is in the gospel. And that is what Paul wants for them. Huh? joy that comes from Christ and so when Paul is in prison it's okay why because the gospel is going out to all these palace guards who couldn't hear it um, he's making tents to support himself that's great because he's still out there in Europe preaching the gospel um, he doesn't he gets a gift he doesn't have to make tents that's not the issue actually now I can have more time for the gospel I guess there's great examples in our church. Uh, we have plenty of missionaries here uh, who could have a much better life elsewhere. But, you know, they, they came here. And they're content maybe with not that much. But they want to serve Christ. That is their joy. And so they're happy to, to serve Christ like that. Uh, other people, we've talked about that. Uh, they're struggling with uh, health, unemployment. But the big question, yeah, does the gospel give us that joy? That whether we're poor or rich, yeah, we, we don't mind because of the gospel and what God is doing. Now, we've talked about many of these things already in the past few weeks. If you're a visitor, we, we like to go through letters bit by bit. We've talked about people who are struggling and struggling with their health and their unemployment or mental illness. In all those situations, you can, you can think, yeah, I've got joy in the Lord. Maybe it's just Hong Kong, you know, the small apartments and the cockroaches and the heat and the humidity and the haze, all kind of things that make you not want to be here. Well, you can have joy in serving Christ here. But from today, especially, not just when life isn't great, how about when life is good? What is your joy when you're, you're healthy and you, you've got a great job and you, you've got a nice house and your child just got into the best university? Where is your joy in? Would you say, oh, thank you, but 
I don't need this. Thank you, but this is not important to me. You know, uh, I got into Harvard, but I'd rather die and be with Christ. That's better by far. Uh, I just got engaged, but uh, as long as Christ is proclaimed, and in that I will rejoice. Uh, all these things that it says about f- a focus on the gospel, not just when, you know, when things are bad and you ha- the gospel is better, but is the gospel even better than these good things? Even better than the, the, the best life you can have in Hong Kong? That is the challenge. Yeah? But how do we know if we have that joy? What is a good test? Well, I think the good test is that other part of the passage, namely gospel generosity. And because, yes, this sermon is called Christian contentment, but actually a lot of this is about generosity, right? Because Paul is, he is thankful. He says, you know, I rejoice greatly in what you've given me. Uh, verse 14, it was good of you to share my, my troubles. And, and this is not the first time. This was one of Paul's main supporting churches. Have, uh, read it, verse 15. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. You know, this was their usual practice. They hadn't done it for a while, so that Paul is, you know, great at last. But, you know, they've been supporting him ever since he planted the church and then moved on. All the time they've been supporting him. And no wonder Paul loves them. And they're one of his favorite churches. I mean, on some level... It's good to care for people. Uh, I say, you know, circumstances don't matter. Actually, of course, they do. Yes, people can rejoice when they're poor. doesn't mean we shouldn't care that they're poor and, and help them. Uh, last week, Hebo had this great example of, of this missionary who got shipwrecked and he lay dying on a beach. But he, he wrote in his diary... You know, I'm overwhelmed with the goodness of God. He rejoiced in the Lord even when he was dying alone on the beach. Doesn't mean that it's that we should leave him there if we know, right? You you don't, right? You know, it's good to be with Christ. Never mind. No, of course you care about people, but this is more than that. It's not just compassion for the poor. Paul wasn't a victim of injustice. Paul could make tents and support himself. Paul could become the pastor of a large church if he wanted to. I mean, wouldn't you want the Apostle Paul as your pastor, right? I'm sure he could do that. No, Paul was a missionary. The reason he was in prison was, yeah, he's a a missionary, a church planter. And so this gift from the Philippians is more than compassion. This is gospel partnership. Eh? It's generosity for the gospel. Eh? Through the letter he's mentioned, you know, I'm so grateful for your partnership. Here as well, uh, acquaintance, the word is partnership. Uh, The Philippians give money so Paul can preach the gospel. That is the good thing. Uh, It's great that Paul doesn't need to, I mean, he's happy to make tents and preach the gospel then when he's finished making tents. But if he can preach full time, that's great. Uh, It's 
this kind of support is good for the gospel. Now, we, we've talked about mission work. Uh, Evelyn prayed about it. You know, mission won't happen without support. Well, to some extent it will. You know, people will still preach the gospel even when they're not supported. But it's much better if they can do it full time. Um, yeah, giving to your church. I guess that is part of it. Uh, if you're a visitor, we don't talk about money much, but it's, it's in the passage. You know, it's a good thing that they are supporting Paul. It's good to support your church. Yeah, we, we could run the church in our spare time, but we can do things better if people are paid. Uh, so I don't know if you've reviewed your giving. In November, we talked about that. If you're a regular, maybe uh, this sheet. But of course, there, there's much more to that. Uh, it's not just about the gospel. Uh, there's so much about giving in here. I mean, did you know that giving is good for you? If you give, it's good for you. Because it talks about uh, well, treasure in heaven. Verse 17 is really weird, right? What does Paul say? Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. Uh, I, I'm so glad that you have more in your account now. Haven't they just given him something? No, no, they get treasure in heaven. You know, when, when you give, when you serve Christ, there's treasure in heaven, Jesus said. And so Paul says, that's great, you've got more treasure in heaven. Wonderful to see. Um, it pleases God. And verse 18, at the end, these gifts are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And you know, God loves it when people support the gospel. When people want to see Jesus honored, his son honored, of course, he loves that. Of course, we're righteous in Christ, we're fully accepted, but we can still please God, and he thinks that's great. And we don't need to worry. Verse 19, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Don't worry about, you know, uh, that you, you won't have enough at the end. God will take care of that. But I think the interesting thing is, what does this partnership have to do with contentment? Right? Paul has been urging contentment, but now he says it's great that you're so generous. They seem so opposite, right? The poor should be content and the rich should be generous. But actually they go together. They go together. Why? Because you need to be content to be generous. I mean, how are you going to be generous if you're not content? Right? I've got, I, I don't have enough money. Then I'm not going to give more away. It's only when I, I don't care about my money, that's when I will give it away. Right? If I'm not dependent on how much stuff I have, that is when I will support the gospel. As, so generosity is a key mark of contentment. I mean, we're very simple people, right? We, we spend our money and our time and our efforts for what we think gives us joy. Well, so where does your joy come from? If I rejoice in the gospel going out, that is what I will support, what I will be generous to. I don't mind about less stuff. That doesn't give me joy. It's the gospel that gives me joy. And so the more I give to the gospel, the more the gospel gets preached, the more people get saved, the more joy I have. That is Paul. That is if the, if the gospel is what drives me. But of course, if it's my stuff that makes me happy, 
I will get more stuff for myself. It's that simple. Content and generous go together. As Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart is. Your treasure shows your heart. You could say Paul himself is very generous in that sense, right? He gives everything. It's not just money. He's given his whole life to the gospel. No, he could just make tents and settle down. He gives to the gospel his whole life. So then, yeah, how do you know if you have joy in the gospel? Well, does the gospel make us generous to the gospel? I don't know. You need to move house. Where shall you live? Can you, do you want to get the best apartment you can afford? Or would you say, well, I can do with a bit less, so I can have more to give away? You know, I can have this weekend away in Bangkok with my friends, or I can support this mission trip. Well, where do you think your joy comes from? If I think, well, this is what gives me joy, I will spend it on Bangkok. But if my joy comes from hearing how these people were saved during this mission trip, I will spend it on that. Right? I'm talking about deliberate giving. And not just, you know, you spend everything you want, and if you have something left at the end, I'll give that away. This is about planning. That, yeah, what gives me joy? Well, the gospel. So I think about what I need, and the rest, you know, I will see how I can give. That is the idea. If we love to see the gospel out, go out, yeah, that's what we do. Or your, your time. You know, you've got spare time. How will it give you joy? With Netflix, maybe that will give you joy. Or helping kids know Jesus more by teaching explorers. Again, what gives you joy? It's a simple question. For some people even, you know, I could do this job, but I could give it up and be a missionary. Maybe God is calling you to that. Yeah. If you don't need the good job and the good apartment and the money, actually the gospel's more important to me. Or in a room with parents, how about your kids? That's a question that's always good to ask. What if your child wants to become a Bible translator, live in Africa in a village? Are you rejoicing in that? Yeah, this is great. Or would you prefer them to be a doctor or a lawyer? Now, when I say these kind of things, look... This is not about rules. You know, it's not sinful to have a TV or to go on holiday. It's not that, you know, only a good, a good Christian does all this and a, and a bad Christian, you know, they, they go to Bangkok or something like that. No, that's not true. God does give us good gifts to enjoy. And, you know, a holiday is really nice to unwind and, and refocus. And a, a big living room is really good to have your links group round. You know, God is good. And we're all different in different situations. I'm not going to set any rules. It's just about your heart, right? Does your joy come from the gospel? And if it does, then I guess that will be seen. And your life and attitude to money should be at least a bit different from the world around you. If everyone in Hong Kong lives for these things and you live for the same thing, then I guess, yeah, is your joy there? Is your joy in the gospel or is it in the same thing that they have joy in? So, yeah, I hope you want this. I hope you hear this and think, yeah, I wish I had such joy in the gospel. You know, I wish I was like this, giving up my life for the gospel. 
how do we change though? Yeah, because this, this is convicting for me. Again, it's not about rules. It's not about me telling you, be content, be generous. Because the thing is, we need something else. How do we get this gospel vision? Yeah, we talked about contentment, about generosity, but they come from a gospel vision. If you have joy in the gospel and not in your circumstances, not in how good or bad things are going. But, you know, even Paul couldn't do that. Here's Paul, the great missionary, and he doesn't say, look, I can do it, so can you. How does he do it? Well, this famous verse 13, isn't it? He can't do it by himself, but I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Now, Philippians 4.13 is a famous verse, isn't it? I'm sure you know it. You know, I can do everything who, through Christ who gives me strength. There's all these pictures on the internet, you know, uh, athletics. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Uh, basketball, <laughs> uh, mountain climbing. When I'm swimming, you know, uh, I've done 30 lengths, but I'm going to push more. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Of course, that's not what it means. Um, if you love this verse, then you maybe don't, you don't like this new translation because it says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Paul, Paul is not talking about mountain climbing. He is talking about contentment and joy in the gospel. And he says, I can do that. I, I can forget my circumstances. Well, through Jesus, through his power at work in me. That is what we need. You know, to be like this, to live like this for Christ, we need a miracle. We need Jesus to be at work in us. But of course, how do you get that strength? How does Jesus work? Well, through his words. You know, these famous verses, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. It's the grace, as you think about the grace of Jesus. Romans, now to him who is able to strengthen you, according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, right? It's through the gospel that we are strengthened. You know, we meditate on the gospel. We think about how great it is. And, and, and God works through that by his spirit to change us. And so as I think all this, I'm not saying be content, be generous. I want that. But it's going to start with the gospel, with us having this this gospel vision, right? And, and, and not just a tiny gospel, a big gospel. And not just the individual about me and Jesus. That's true. You know, uh, Jesus loves me and he is with me. That's true. But that, that is not what Paul keeps Paul going. Paul has a bigger vision. Yet Jesus is with him, but also these palace guards are hearing the gospel and they wouldn't hear it otherwise. And he knows how Jesus is saving, you know, a vast multitude from every tribe and tongue and nation and people. And so that's what motivates him to keep going in this mission. He knows how much God has loved him and made him part of his people and is now using him. This bigger vision of the gospel. That's what I'm talking about. What we see on the, you know, on the, on the banners next to us. That is, you know... That is what motivates Paul. And so as we finish Philippians, 
Yeah, I, I hope that is what you go away with. We need the gospel more. There's so many practical things we've seen about you know, putting others first and shining like stars and, and partnership and pressing on. All good things we need to do, but behind it there's an engine. There's power, there's fuel. And that fuel is, is God working through the gospel. Yeah, so we, we have a day off tomorrow. Between all the family things, can we spend time on the gospel? Spend time wrestling with what a wonderful thing it is of how Jesus came for sinners like you and everyone else. How he's king of the whole world. How he offers forgiveness to everyone in Hong Kong and beyond. Wrestle with it and think about it until it gives you joy. And then let that joy yeah, make you generous and content. Yeah, let's, let's pray for that to happen. Let, let the gospel shape us and, and move us. Okay? Great. Well, as the music teams come up, why don't we uh, reflect for a bit? Music team can come up. We're going to sing a great song in a moment.